Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. Heyo, it's Jeff Jawaskin. Great to be back for another bonus episode of Crossing the Streams. Always excited to be in your ears and whisper some great TV binge-watching suggestions to you. This bonus episode is ripped, torn from our live show that we do every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can join us live or just sit back, casually wait for this to be fed directly into your ears. Or if you can't wait for that, there's over 70 episodes on our YouTube channel. You can watch all the full shows that every one of these segments is pulled from. Segments, that's right. The bonus episodes pull three segments from the live shows, various live shows. You can get kind of a feel of the live show with hopes that you'll love it and you'll tune in. But also, we want you to take the recommendations to heart. The whole idea of Crossing the Streams is a bunch of pals getting together like you would with your friends and just talking about the TV shows you're binge watching. So the Crossing the Streams answers the ultimate universal question. What should I watch next? What should I be watching? What do I need to see? Well, you've come to the right place. We have three great reviews for you today from episode 56, Mixtape, from episode 55, The Alpinist, and from episode 67, Bad Vegan. It's all coming at you, and it's going to come at you quick and fast. Let's kick it off with Casey Ryan Plot and Bad Vegan. Take it away, Casey. All right, let's go. Let's do another show. Let's talk about Bad Vegan. Another Netflix show. They owe us money, I think. Casey Ryan Plot. Take us through it. (laughs) All right. So Bad Vegan. I am on a roll with these shows. So last time I was here, we had the the Tinder Swindler, Mm -hmm. which was... Which is uh, everywhere. I, I'd never heard of it before. And then, then all of a sudden it was everywhere. So that was blew up, became huge. Uh, well, this is another <laughs> swindler in action story. Uh, Bad Vegan. So Bad Vegan can be found on Netflix. It's a story of Sarma Melangailis. Never really quite figured her name out, even after four episodes. That's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but her name was Sarma. She started as a big, like, celebrity chef. So in 99, she went to culinary school. By 2005, she had this vegan uh, storefront. And the name of the place was uh, One Lucky Duck and Pure Food and Wine. So this place was huge. It was serving all kinds of elite. Everybody was coming to it. It was a raw vegan place. So it was a big deal in the restaurant world. New York City was a big scene spot. And she started making money. She had opened it originally with a fellow chef, and then she they split and they were done. So she decided, well, I want to have a dog instead. So she gets this dog, and this dog seems to play a really important role because she meets Alec Baldwin, becomes friends with Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. through the restaurant. So that's fascinating bit. There's a bunch of twists throughout. Well, this dog, she becomes so attached to it's basically her life and she finds a guy who talks about helping it become immortal things get crazy now (laughs) yeah okay that that was that was sort of normal leading up to this well this guy apparently claims he's a black ops special ops guy uh apparently he's uh been friends with alec baldwin through twitter so that's how she got to know him and he starts asking her for money and she starts giving him money 
because he talks about how he's going to help support her. And by her giving him this money, he's going to pay it back tenfold. Right now, these are all tests and she just has to continue giving him this money. So this is all the detriment to her own business. And she's an intelligent woman who went to college. She worked as an investment baker when she first got out of college before going to culinary school. So this is like her second career. You'd think she would be pretty well together. And yet she completely falls for this guy in a cult-like manner to the point where she doesn't pay her staff. She's not taking care of anyone. And she just takes off, wind up owing people around like $850,000 to $1.2 million that she Hmm. just swindled and took from investors. Just bailed. Done. Gone. (laughs) It was insane. And all for this dude who's not attractive, who's a jerk. And all he does is he goes to casinos and just spends money. He's just been screwed with her the whole time. Yeah. It's a wild ride. It's four hmm. episodes of a okay. very intense, weird shell game that she she's playing victim. So they interview all of the staff from the restaurant. They It's interviews going with uh, back to her. She's actually speaking the entire time. Uh, They have phone conversations or recordings of all the things that she went to and the way he would talk to her about these demons and people coming after her. And she had to keep paying this money so that way he would keep his brother at bay. It makes no sense. Any logical person listening to this is a very strange set of circumstances. And the way it all unfolds is just a wild tale of absurdity. And the way she gets caught, so they go on the run. Uh, obviously, you know, you're that big in debt. They just took off. And that's what the entire last episode focuses on. And she got, they got caught because they bought Domino's pizza. So this big <laughs> vegan restaurateur gets nailed because of the Domino's pizza order. Hmm. So yeah. Well, she used a credit card or how? Yes. Used a credit card with their names on it. I after love... knowing they had charges a, against them. I dumb. love stories like that. That That's yeah. fantastic. I think there's a, we could do a whole podcast on, on like criminals that got caught just because they like were speeding and got pulled yeah. up. Yeah. I think like, that happens all the time. Yeah, it does. Wait, That's who, how you get nailed. Busted taillights. Sorry, yes. Wh- no, who got caught? Uh, so the couple that ran off. So she got married to this guy. Who oh. Was basically screwing him the whole time. I mean, he was just finding any way to just ask for more money and come mm. to find out he's spending it all at a casino. Mm-hmm. Just gambling. Just high rolling. It's ridiculous. So they, and then he shows up and at one point he sends her to Rome for like two months or, and he's like, yeah, you go for, you need a vacation. And he tries to take the business out from underneath her while she's on this vacation. The whole time he's like, oh, I'll be out there tomorrow, but I missed my flight. So while he's having like meetings with her entire staff and he's in charge of all of her electronic devices too. Like it's wild how we did this. It's nuts. All just by asking for it, asking for CRP. How how did you choose this this film, this show? Okay, so this one was actually like he's doing research based on (laughs) (laughs) Tinder Swindler and this. (laughs) I mean, mean, yeah. At first, after the Tinder Swindler, I realized this was just you know a blueprint. This doesn't uh, seem like a a single man. I was like, it's exactly the way to go. Got it. And so, was was it served up to you by the algorithm, or It, it was? Yep, absolutely. Okay. And I was totally hook, line, and sinker in. I love my Netflix dra- docudramas. The crime <laughs> dramas are fantastic. Something I can chew through real quick and go, ha, their life is way worse than mine. Yeah, you know, but, I, I, Jeff, I, Jeff, I got a new show for us that we should think about. We give each other our Netflix login and we go through the recommendations <laughs> to, to see how sick each of us are with, <laughs> with, with, our, with our respective recommendations. I can only imagine what CRPs are. 
Oh, it's fantastic. It's a myriad <laughs> of rom-coms and crime dramas. It's weird. It's <laughs> oh, man. That is too funny. That's cool. So, all right. So, real quick, uh, same question. This is a documentary. It's four mm -hmm. episodes. Did it need to be four episodes? It was actually, I think, timed very well. Uh, each episode being roughly 52 minutes running time. Uh, it was intelligently done. It was a lot of fun. Uh, once again, watching this roller coaster of crazy unfurl, they did a really good job of telling the entirety of the story and uh, definitely picked up some pointers, found some good mm -hmm. tips of what not to do, you know, so <laughs> what, what to pay attention to how not to get caught in traps. How many how many uh, Xanax pills out of five do we do we get with us? Oh, this one is a full four and a half Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, funny. Oh wait, hey Carmen's here. Hey Carmen. Hey Carmen. Hey Carmen. All right, that was Bad Vegan and Casey Ryan Plot, friend of the show and frequent commenter during the show. The Casey Ryan plot, Did We Convince Casey segment. Check that out in the live shows. It's a common theme. All right, let's keep this going. Sal never disappoints. Sal D'Amelio never disappoints with his rom-com choices. Mixtape from episode 56. Take it away, Sal. It's time for Sal to shine with mixtape about making mixtapes around Christmas. Yes, it was uh, <laughs> recommended to me. And I think the Netflix is listening because I was on the, I think I was on the phone with you, Bob, when we were talking about uh, that Kenny Loggins song. <laughs> we couldn't think of what movie that was from. So I don't know, maybe Netflix is listening to me. And then they, they threw mixtape up on front of my face. And I'm like, you know what? I read what it was about. I'm like, I'll, uh, I'll see what this is all about. The setting takes place in 1999 in Spokane, Washington. Uh, it's the last couple months of the year, so it's uh, you know, that Y2K kind of thing was going around in the news and in people's lives. So if you all remember uh, what that was like, that's kind of where the movie takes place. And it's about this girl named Beverly, uh, who's played by Gemma Brooke Allen. Uh, she's a wonderful little actress. She it, She's about 13, 14 years old in this movie. I don't know what she really is, but she's a really good actress just to start things off with. She plays a girl that lost her uh, lost her mom, and uh, she never really got to know her mom. And her mom is played by uh, uh, Julie Bowen. She's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. She, plays, oh, her she plays her grandmother. She plays her grandmother, I'm sorry. And uh, who's got, who's got, yeah, she looks really young to be a grandmother. What else was she in? Oh, she yeah. was also Adam Sandler. Oh, that's right, yeah. I, I don't watch that Happy show. I know her, yeah. And yeah, correct. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. She looked very recognizable when I obviously saw her. So I looked her up as well. She plays her grandmother uh, who's raising her and they don't really have like a good relationship. The movie starts out where uh, this Beverly wants to talk about her mom and get to know her mom because she never got to know her. Uh, the grandmother just shies away when she wants to talk about her her daughter. She, she just clams up. So Beverly is kind of going through life not knowing about her mom and it bums her out. And then she kind of gets in with some there's some. Uh, older girls at school that start bullying her and she actually becomes friends with these girls but for this particular part of the story they're bullying her she goes home she's very flustered she goes up in her attic and she's just uh just bummed down she starts throwing things up in the attic and stuff and out pops out this mixtape that her that her mom had made when she was given birth, basically pregnant with her and and uh just made a tape of when she was younger not just only when she was pregnant but and this just energized Beverly and she's just oh my god I gotta so she puts the cassette 
uh, in a cassette player that was in an old box, which I cracked up. She puts it in there and tries to play it. And I'm like, okay, there'd be no, the batteries wouldn't last 30 years there. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but yeah, it was a cute moment. Those double D's. They showed the scene. There was a little cord on the end of it. So maybe she plugged it in, but I didn't see her plug it in. But anyway, uh, it, it gets tangled up. Like we all, I know we're all old on this panel, but it got tangled up and, and the, the tape ruined, but she had the list of the songs. So anyway, uh, not to tell you guys about the whole movie, she kind of wants to know about these songs that are on this tape. So she goes to a record store because it is 1999. She meets this gentleman named Anton, who's a store owner, and he kind of helps her out by trying to find these songs. Some of them he can't find. Uh, and then he puts them on a tape for her, but he did the first song for her. And I got to know what the name of it is. Hang on a second. Sorry. But anyway, so she's, she's got to, she wants to listen to these songs and, and just get to know the songs. Cause she feels like that she gets to know her mom through that. She found a little diary as well of some of the uh, things her mom was going through and everything. So anyway, that's pretty much the plot of the story. Along the way, she meets these friends. I told you about, they start like a garage band and they kind of learn the songs that are on the mixtape. Every single song, she just listens to the words. Like she had to do this, uh, she had to get up in one of her classes and she recites the lyrics to Surrender by Cheap Trick. And and it's such an obviously such an old song, even for that time period, that the teacher was kind of impressed that <laughs> she knew all the lyrics and stuff to that song. It's just a kind of a cute movie, uh, you know, obviously just along the lines of, <laughs> you know, um, teenage girls just kind of look, going through high school and stuff. And she's just getting to know her mom through these tapes and develops a better relationship with her grandma, with her grandmother along the way. And then, uh, so it's a really good felt story about how a, a grandmother and and the, and the granddaughter have to deal with life without the mother anymore. And it's a it's, so it's a poignant story in that regard. But you get to know uh, some of these songs along the way, and uh, it's just a really really cool movie. Great supporting cast with her girlfriends in there. I don't know all their names, but they kind of like a, almost like a sandlot movie with, but except with musicians or whatever music, I, it was a good, good, solid movie. So I want to, I want to list for you some of the songs that were on our tape. I'm not going to list all of them, but I just want our listeners and, yeah. and I can uh, name that song in two notes. So some of the, uh, some of the songs that were on that tape and they are, they are played throughout the movie too, which is really cool. If you're into that kind of that era, uh, I got a right by Iggy pop surrender by cheap trick, which plays a really good role in the movie. Best I ever had. I forgot who's saying that one. It, some of these were covered by other bands, but I remember that song. Teacher's Pet was sung by The Quick. I Want Candy, Bow Wow Wow. I don't know if you guys Bow Wow Wow, yeah. Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Better Things by The Kinks. There was a really good kind of letter about that That's song. That's a good mixtape. Yeah, and uh, Dancing in the Moonlight is the very, very last song. And, and Gemma, who uh, is Beverly, uh, sings the song herself. I, I read it. I Googled it. And she actually sang that song with the with the you know her bandmates there, and she actually really did sing that song at the end of the movie. It's a really really cute movie. I give it uh, four tomato sauce jars. I really enjoy wow. it. It's <laughs> hey. a cute movie. With that said, I would like to ask our panel here because you're all about my age. I'll start with Bob because I know I know for sure you had a mixtape there, buddy. Just a couple <laughs> songs, man. What was on your mixtape? And we'll go around the. Go around the circle. I'm oh. going to say Lionel Richie was on mine, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I kind of was more of a top 40 kind of guy. But go ahead, Bob. What, were you, what was on your mixtape? During the time I would have made a mixtape for somebody, it would be uh, the Ramones, 
and Warren Zevon, Elton John. I thought you were going to uh, say dinosaurs screeching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pterodactyls making noises. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? Um, I, you're a, you're I, a bad I, man for that. I want <laughs> you to know that, that it took me a moment to get that. And in that moment, I went, He's making he's making an old joke about me. <laughs> I can honestly remember sitting there with my jam box that had two tape, you know, two cassettes because I was <laughs> alone. I'm sure alone. Of course, but go I'm ahead. Waiting for <laughs> I, I hate that you said alone and knowing what I'm about to say. Waiting for like, beat it or weird any weird else on the radio <laughs> so I could record it because. You know, what people don't understand is to hear something back then, you had to actually hear it. You had to be listening at the time. But what about you? We had, uh, Jeff and I had uh, a very close fraternity brothers of ours, uh, fraternity brother of ours, who unfortunately passed away uh, uh, a few months ago, who was the absolute king of music and mixtapes and i still have i'm looking i have like uh on spotify i have just a general playlist of songs i like that i just add to all the time that's not you know a specific artist or album or something like that and there's so many songs that i never had like um i'm just looking at there's like three here like uh solar sex panel by little village who is an incredible band thing of beauty by hot house flowers uh hold on i'm coming sam and dave um like he was the king of the mixtape and always like he he was a from chicago uh, i have one here that was called the a dying cubs fans last request that i remember the first time I listened to it on a mixtape, he played like he was the king of the mixtape my mixtapes that i made always include i've been a fan of rush since i was 10 uh and then like later in my high school years um was i was big into a lot of british uh new wave invasion bands like general public yeah i love general public yeah i was just gonna say ultravox big country um were band bands like that that i was huge fans of so those were always on my mixtapes yeah good good choice man i just want to say sal that this this is one of the reasons we're friends uh, you you have such a sunny disposition that like these movies, <laughs> I probably couldn't get through twenty minutes of them. Oh, I love you. They, I, love you. <laughs> I know, I and, love and you. I love you. I love that about you. It's, it's, it cracks me up because I'm I'm drawn to this dark shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do some of that sometimes too, and I like the sports documentaries and. But I'm not into the like the spider. I know you guys love Spider Man and all that stuff. I don't get into those movies. I don't know why. All right, Sal never disappoints with the heart, with the tear jerking, heart tugging movies. Up next is a movie that I loved and I take lead on The Alpinist, pulled from our live show, episode 55. This is a great one. You're going to enjoy it. Take it away, me. So let's talk about the Alpinist. Let's talk. Is it Alpinist? Yes. Alpinist? I, Alpinist. I don't know, whatever it's about. I discovered this because friend carol on facebook mentioned it posted about it and said if you like free solo you would like this movie to alpine climb just to set a to to climb alpine style is to climb hard mountainous routes a climber of high mountains if you will is an alpinist alpinist (laughs) is it alpine (laughs) 
Al- I think it's Alpinist. Alpinist. Let's go with Alpinist. Alpina. Just to give you an idea. So it's like you can kind of see the bookshelf behind me. When mm-hmm. I was putting records on a upper shelf with a step stool, I got a little uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> a little uneasy. Okay. So this is the story of uh, Mark Andre Leclerc. Maybe Leclerc. I'm going to call him Mark Andre. So this is the story of him. He's he's a, an alp- alpinist and considered one of the greatest in the world. I think the movie, these two people, Peter Mortimer and Rick Nick Rosen, decided to make a film about Mark Andre. The reason they focused on him was he's this complete unknown alpinist, but yet has climbed some of the largest, most challenging things that make other people scared that have been doing it their entire lives. This guy does it. He goes up. Now, keep in mind, these folks don't use ropes. They don't use anything. And they're like, I mean, this is thousands of feet, right? I mean, this is like, this is like one slip and you're, you're gone now. Mm-hmm. So if you watched Free Solo and uh, Alex um, Har- Arnold, I can't remember, Arnold, yeah. the, the star of that yeah. is um, he's quoted a lot in this. He has a lot of Mark Andre stories that Alex it does Free Solo on rock, which is a dry rock. So they're using like their fingers. He's using his fingertips to like hold on to things and climb. And he climbs without ropes, too. And that's an amazing watching him scale El Capitan is is a movie you should definitely watch. And that's on Netflix as well. But this this one, Mark Andre, what he climbs is giant mountains that are like full of ice and snow. Okay. So he's got the boots, the the hooks in them, and then he's got like these hooks. So he'll go, you know, and I'll like hook on to something, and then he'll hook the other arm and then no, like an ice axe. Yeah, like a little ice axe. But the whole time, now keep in mind they're it's a thousand feet up at any given time. And I mean, how they shot these, it must've been with drones or whatever, because it's gorgeous when he even allowed them to shoot him. It's not like this was connected to him. It's not like your kid's pacifier that when it drops, it's a little connected by a binky. And like, <laughs> like and then you pick it back up. It's like, I kept thinking to myself, what happens if he drops this while he's up there? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just, I was like, it was, like I said, I, I'm not good with heights. So the whole thing was a little, anyway. So this guy, Mark Andre, when he was really young, his mom gave him a book uh, on mountain climbing. It just changed his life. And he, he looked at these mountains and they called to him. And he's a very quiet kid, kind of an introvert. And his mom encouraged him to follow his passion. was alive. And when I tell you, when they wa- you watch him climb these mountains, the other thing that's different than the free solo movie, this particular person, is the free solo person, you watch him train up the mountain before he goes without the ropes. Like he trains with ropes, like he practiced routes. Mark Andre didn't practice routes. Like he would just go. <laughs> he would just Jeez. like that's how great he was. And they would they would be filming him, and you couldn't even believe that this is a human being climbing these mountains the way he's climbing them. People like this, and I think the Alex and Free Solo is the same way. They don't have that fear that normal yep. people have when things happen. They don't. Their hearts don't race. They, they can control themselves in a way much different yeah. than other people. And so here, here he is. He's climbing the highest heights in the world, right? And like they have all these other alpinists talking about him. Like they can't believe it. Like everything he does is is a world, you know, it's just 
shockwaves throughout the, the entire Alpinist world. And half the time, there's no camera, and he never even brought cameras or phones with him. So, like, even while these people were making a movie, he just disappears, and they're like, oh, by the way, I just climbed these three giant mountains, right? And they're like, why didn't you tell us? He goes, well, if you were there, I wouldn't be alone. I wouldn't be a soloist. Or I wouldn't be soloing. And so that's how, like, pure this guy was. This guy is Mark Andre. A lot of the movie is about, focuses on Tori Edgar. It's in Patagonia. And he's going to be the first person to solo it in the winter. <laughs> okay. Wow. So most people do this, like whatever, non-winter time. He's going to do it in the winter. So he goes up and the only time he has like a backpack on, right? He, all he has is his backpack. He goes up there. And then when he's whatever, a million feet up, gonna, he's like four clicks or whatever to the top, but he's got to stop. He's got to sleep. And then, so he hang, you know, they hang from the mountain and sleeps. Which is crazy. And, it's crazy. Yeah, that's and, so, and then the winter, the snow comes in. And keep in mind, they waited for this snow pattern to come in. Snow comes in. He can't do it. They don't talk a lot about how they get down, which to me gave me just as much anxiety. But apparently they rappel down. And he comes back down. And instead of leaving, he waits. And he's like, oh, wait, there's a small window of weather coming. And so... He says, okay, well, since I already did it once, I now know the path. So keep in mind, like the first time he did it, he just went, right? Right. So now when it says, I know the path, I can do it and I can do this all in one shot. So he doesn't take any of the equipment with him. He has like barely anything in that backpack, but nothing to sleep with, none of that stuff to hang with, all that. He just takes his, and he just basically flies up that mountain. Jeez, <laughs> this wow. never done before thing. He basically does it all in a day and then comes back down that day because he'd say, he's like, I know it, I can do it. And, and he was right. And he, oh yeah, he did it. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And then he did this other thing called the emperor's face and Mount Robson. And it's just absolutely hmm. incredible. And then there's, there's a lovely story also about his girlfriend, Brett Harrington and, and, and their, their nice relationship. Now keep in mind, this guy, Mark Andre doesn't have a car. They sleep in tents. I mean, this guy is, is, you know, as, as nature as you can get. And it just, there's something so pure about it. And the movie really kind of, the message I took away from the movie was, you know, when you, there's something you want to do in life and you're meant to do, just go all in and do it. You just, and you have to enjoy life and you have to do everything that you're meant to accomplish. This movie, unlike the last one we talked about, has a 93 critic and 97 <laughs> audience ah. rating on Rotten Tomato. It's it's fascinating. I had the same issues that I watched when I watched Free Solo, which I issues is my personal issues, which is it's such anxiety watching people yeah. on these mountains without ropes. They're so high up. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest, you only have to be 15 feet up and fall and you could die. Right? Right. Let alone as high as these people are going without ropes and no, you know, no, no clear way down without all that hassle. But anyway, I totally recommend it. If you haven't seen Free Solo, make it a double feature. This is only a 90-minute movie, so it's it's really great to uh, to kind of digest and, and take in. And I think Free Solo is probably only about a 90-minute movie, also. <laughs> so definitely check this out. This Mark Andre is it's inspirational. It's a great story. I I highly highly recommend it. 
So Jeff, you may you may remember that in addition to Free Solo, I had talked about on a previous Crossing the Streams, uh, Meru, which was produced and, and filmed by Jimmy Chin, who is the photographer uh, who who uh, did um, uh, Free Solo, right? So when you said that you were going to do uh, The Alpinist, I'm like, I, I immediately looked it up thinking uh, this was going to be another Jimmy Chin film. His filming is just gorgeous. And and I think that's half when you, when you view movies like this, shows like this, that just it's so awe-inspiring, the, the, the video of, of what these people are doing. Uh, but I see that it's not a Jimmy Chin film. It's, it's actually uh, Peter Mortimer, uh, is is the filmmaker. So I guess my question back to you is, would you describe this? Is, is it a beautiful film or is it more of a, or is it not that kind of movie? It's both. It's a, uh, it's beautiful and it's, it's a really great, it really gets into this Mark Andre and his relationship with Brett and the other climbers, Alpinists yeah. um, reflecting on and telling stories about Mark Andre and how they felt about him. It was a good combination of both. It felt like the same kind of movie, but completely different because it's different people. It's a different type of climbing. And so, you know, I'm sure it was just respect amongst each other because Alex from Free Solo was in it in this movie Mm -hmm. telling stories. All right. That was a great one. We talked about The Alpinist, Bad Vegan, and Mixtape. And feel free to tweet at us at Jeff Dwoskin Show, hashtag Mixtape. And tell us what's in your mixtape. <laughs> With the Alpinist. Is it Alpinist or Alpinist? I still can't. I confuse myself. Anyway, check out Free Solo. All the other stuff we talked about in there as well. You got a lot of homework. Three great shows for you. So here's what you got to do. Head over to your favorite spot on the couch. Grab the remote. Cross your own streams. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.